The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest is our regular contributor, Robert Larson. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Always fun to do this little gig with you. Yeah, uh, the Dog and Pony Show. So um, <laughs> we're going to start off with two updates from Will Damar. One of them is a consumer watchdog group is getting involved with the dirt issue. Um, and then if, I don't know if you saw this on Channel 9, but they actually had sent a reporter out there to report on the Will Damar dirt, dirt issue as well. So it is making some traction in the media. But uh, can you tell us more about this consumer watch group? Yeah, actually, the the group is actually called Consumer Watchdog, and they're out of Santa Monica, and they've been involved in environmental issues for for years. They're a pretty well established um, group, and yeah, so they're involved. So I think this bodes well for the people of Wildemar who are trying to you know get some traction going. And the thing that's interesting though is that the agency that's been involved with this is. Uh, before uh, Consumer Watchdog, the private group got involved was uh, DTSC, the Toxic uh, Substances uh, uh, Control Department. Uh, they, uh, their uh, division of the State Environmental Protection Agency. They, there's all of these charges now that they're just really incompetent and that they. Uh, and, and they're the ones who so far have done very little. They've kind of done a little study, but they've kind of said, well, we don't really, we didn't find anything too horrific or any levels that were too out of whack. And okay, so there, there, see, there seem to be these charges now that uh, Consumer Watchdog is involved. There seem to be these charges about uh, DTSC that they've been, if not lackeys for the people they're supposed to be regulating, uh, at least just not very effective. And so uh, this is Consumer Watchdog. Is uh, They are a consumer group. They are not uh, apologists for uh, corporate polluters. And so I think uh, this is going to be really good for the Wildemar residents. What can be the, some of the um, things that this group will bring about as far as litigation or just like affirming that there is a problem there? Uh, they are uh, going to do uh, more testing, and it's uh, – uh, it, it, I guess the, the charges with the, the uh, DTSC is that they were you know, just, just very minimal testing. They tested some very specific uh, – um, substances, but there are so many other things, so many things that aren't necessarily uh, a chemical pollutant, but some, something else that could be causing people to uh, have these uh, symptoms. So, it, it, yeah, it's going to be more testing, and yeah, and then there's going to be uh, legal issues involved as well. So um, there seems to be a, a, um, a bit of hopefulness now that this has uh, come about. But yeah, they're talking about the, uh, uh, yeah, the the, again, the DTSC, uh, that they saying that they're a troubled agency with longstanding culture of, uh, of mission fatigue. This is a quote and, uh, uh, business bias uh-huh. and, uh, fear of political, uh, criticism. So they're either a very, uh, ineffectual group by just, you know, or they've been purposely sort of emasculated, you know, they, they just, who knows how it is. And I think a lot of times it, it's just a group. They, they're just people doing their, their career people. They don't really care. They're not passionate about it. Yeah. You know, it's been made that way by the, uh, 
the uh, business interest. They they sort of make sure that people are uh, kind of just just there, kind of doing their job, kind of not doing their job. And uh, so, yeah, this is. I wonder what would happen if I told my boss I had a uh, purpose fatigue. I mean, that that's pretty lame. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, well, that's good. Uh, is there any timeline on when they're going to get their study done in, involving more contaminants on the dirt? Or um, no, I, they not anything I've read is given any specific timeline. But it's just uh, a really a, a, this is a this is a big a big deal. I think this is it like, is a huge deal. It, it's not. It, this is a. a a well-known organization who been who have a uh, you know record for getting involved in these kinds of things and uh, creating uh, changes and getting uh, justice for people who've been uh, wronged by uh, corporate polluters. And it is has been a while since we took took a visit to Wildemar and their issues. And the other issue that they have that we're doing an update on today is a woman in her fifties passed away in Wildemar. And she was involved in the area that had the bad water. Um, she again, she was only fifty, and she believes. I, I think her family believes that the water had something to do with her death. Yeah, well, she's in her fifties, and uh, the woman. Her name is Robin uh, Lippincott. I think I'm saying her last name correctly. And I had actually, you know, talked to her a couple of times about this whole thing going on. And she had a lot of health problems she and her husband both and they they were convinced that they were uh, because of the um the water the nitrate contaminated water that they were having supplied to their residents there and they uh i for a while they were drinking this water they didn't they didn't know better a lot of people were drinking it but after a while they realized something was up or they were told not to drink it so they quit drinking it, but they were still using it in their home, still using it to bathe. And some people were saying there could have even been, you know, health uh, issues just even using it in bathing. So uh, she she was really um, she was really distraught when I talked to her, just feeling like she she was a real uh, go getter in the sense that she was fired up about wh- that they had actually been wronged and that she was feeling somewhat. Um, hopeful that certain groups were getting involved there uh, with that issue as well. And uh, I had no idea that her health was this bad, that she actually, you know, ended up you know, passing away a few days ago. And I don't know if there was anything else that came up, but um, it, there were just a, a lot of um, sort of kind of mysterious uh, ailments that she had. Is a, cor- is a coroner going to do an autopsy or... I, you know, I haven't heard on that. I'm going to have to look into this a little more. And I mean, I just, I think this is actually just two days ago that she died. Oh, wow. So, still pretty fresh. And, there, you know, everybody is is really sad. And apparently she was a really well-liked uh, lady. She was an animal lover. She had, um, I think, a few dogs and some other animals as well. And she just was uh, just one of those kind of people who just really cared for our four-legged friends and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, um, she she will be missed, and I will uh, find out what more is there is to know about the situation there with her. Yeah. <laughs> well, leaving the libertarian paradise known as Willemar, uh in Temecula, a police shooting happened there. Um, apparently, officers were in plain clothing and didn't identify themselves and shot a suspect in the back running away because he was frightened because they didn't identify themselves. Um, what is going on in Temecula? 
Uh, yeah, th this uh, happened uh, quite recently, and uh, the man in question is uh, John Arms, A-R-M-E-S, and he was a, uh, uh, let me see, how did they describe it? He was like a, a parolee, or he was a, like it was a parole violation, and he, there was a uh, an assault uh, charge. And so they were, were tracking him down, but uh, they, they were... Uh, According to his girlfriend, who was there at the scene, he, they were they were playing clothes and they were on unmarked cars, and he was uh, he was tased while he was uh, sitting. He was in a taxi, and he he panicked and he uh, um, sort of uh, told the driver to get out of the ca the cab, and then he took over the vehicle, and uh, he was I guess he stepped on the gas. Uh, this I think was after he was tased. And his is sort of in a state of shock, and he uh, eventually, I think he tried to get out of the taxi and run away. And he does, I think, when he was shot in the back. And his girlfriend is saying that uh, the papers have been talking to her that he he had no weapon, and uh, yeah, and he was shot in the back. So that's always it looks a little bit uh, uh, unsavory. <laughs> yeah. As far as the police are concerned, I mean, it sounds like the guy is, is a some sort of almost a, a career cr a criminal. He, like I say, he was a parolee. Um, and yeah, there was an assault charge. So, but still, the way it ended is very odd. Yeah, you know, it just uh, yeah. It's, like I said, it's always a little suspicious when somebody's shot in the back when uh, they are not armed. So we'll uh, wait to hear more on this. Okay, well, we have one more story to wrap up with. We have somebody that uh, had a first date, gone really terribly wrong. Uh, the guy stole her keys, raped her, murdered her, set her house on fire, and almost killed her three-year-old son. Uh, the death penalty may be sought in this case. Um, where did this happen, and, like, how did this happen? Yeah, this was in Murrieta, so uh, again, right next door to Temecula, where the police uh, shot this guy in the back. So again, this is kind of plays into my whole notion that uh, people are sort of mistaken when they see this as a nice, peaceful, uh, very low crime uh, bedroom community area. There's some a uh, lot of murder and mayhem going on. It should this. be featured on cops like every other week. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I don't know how bad it, it, it's that bad, but you know it's happening. But uh, yeah, the uh, this happened somewhere around back in October. A uh, young woman was was murdered. Her name was uh, Shanae Wesley. In the uh, uh, the accused murderer, Marquise McClown, McClown, twenty uh, two year old. He. Uh, was introduced to Shanae by a mutual friend. Uh, they kind of, I think he went back to her place and sort of dropped her off or something like that. But he stole her keys, came back later, you know, snuck into the house with the keys, raped her, murdered her. And then in a weird attempt to try to cover up these crimes, set her um, place on fire she was already dead, but her three-year-old son was in there. A neighbor saw the flames, rescued the three-year-old, and the, the firefighters later discovered uh, Shanae Wesley's uh, body. So, uh, yeah, this happened back in October, and now uh, the uh, accused murderer, Marquise McClown, is uh, 
facing trial and the DA is uh, seeking the death penalty is because of all these uh, special circumstances. And it's just a, a kind of a ugly story, you know, here. And uh, just, uh, again, these kinds of things happen a little more than you would think in the <laughs> peaceful communities of Murrieta, Temecula. Yeah, it would that type of crime would be the last thing on my mind in in the Inland Empire. So, um, well, Robert Larson, he joins us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Thank you for being on the Heather McCoy show. Thank you.